0: lightly help us Lord in Jesus name amen amen Amen. so we're in a series for Christmas uh, this month that we're calling the miracle the miracle you ever found your life in need of a miracle boy I have Uh, we define a miracle some of you may want to read C.S. Lewis's book on miracles that's a good one Just called Miracles. Just Google C.S. Lewis Miracles. You'll find it. I'm going to play around with this a little bit. Sorry. A miracle is something that's supernatural, something that's out of the ordinary, something that is unexpected, unimaginable, and particularly when we're talking about Jesus, the right answer at the right time. Hope. Jesus is described as the breaker, the one who makes a way where there seems to be no way. He is always the right answer. Is that true? Yes. Yeah. I think we can get to know Jesus the miracle by reading about Him, receiving Him, and releasing Him. Does that sound good? Yeah. Now, we are, in part with this series, reinforcing one of the, our statements of faith, which is, we believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, the Savior of humanity conceived of the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, very God, and very man. That's what we believe. We believe in it. And so far, what we've looked at is those Isaiah passages because Jesus, just like some particular gifts we got ready for Christmas... Jesus was a gift that was prepared in advance. that was a Messiah that was predicted that hundreds of years before, and we focused on a couple of Isaiah's prophecies in particular that gave us this basic idea, the first two bullet points there, that God is with us, or a literal translation in your Yoda voice, with us is God. (laughs) God is with us, and He is the wonderful counselor. And Today we're going to look at from John, grace and truth through unfailing love. Just by way of reminder from Isaiah 7 and verse 14, the Lord himself will give you the sign. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. Jesus probably sounded like that at one point. She will give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. And from Isaiah 9, 7, for a child is born to us, a son is given to us, the government will rest on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. I'd like to read to you from Dr. Luke's account, Luke chapter 1. Luke gives us the details, which is a great uh, part of this. He, in, in fact, I think it's worth considering, especially when you... I know that uh, Jimmy recently led some of his friends through Luke. Luke is a great account to lead people through that want to learn a little bit about Jesus. Luke said in in Luke chapter 1, verse 1, many people have set out to write accounts about the events that have been fulfilled among us. They used the eyewitness reports circulating among us from the early disciples. Verse 3, having carefully investigated everything from the beginning... I also have decided to write a careful account for you, most honorable Theophilus, so you can be certain of the truth of everything that you were taught. It's important for us, at least once a year, you should be reading through the Bible and reading through the accounts of even the Christmas story are important way to reinforce your faith. And this notwithstanding, that it was a a task that was taken under very carefully, under the guidance of the Holy Spirit, of course, but there were humans that investigated the eyewitness reports and wrote them down. And we believe that every detail about Jesus tells us something about God, right? So Luke continues. Luke chapter 1, verse 26. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, To a virgin named Mary, she was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. Gabriel appeared to her and said, "'Greetings, favored woman, the Lord is with you.'" Confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. "'Don't be afraid, Mary,' the angel told her, "'for you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be very great and will be called the Son of the Most High.'" The Lord will give him the throne of his ancestor David, and he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. Mary asked, but how can this happen? I'm a virgin. The angel replied, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you, so the baby to be born will be holy, and he will be called the Son of God. Now let's turn to John chapter 1. We're going to look at John chapter 1 verses 14 through 18. John chapter 1 verses 14 through 18. And John is different than Luke. He's not a doctor. John is not as detail oriented. And he's writing a little bit more in the big picture. A little less focused on the humanity of Jesus. A little bit more focused on the deity of Jesus. And so he's using this analogy of Jesus being the living word. Because through Jesus, God physically spoke. When Jesus spoke, it was God speaking. We get that, right? Jesus the living Word. John chapter 1, verse 14. So the Word became human and made His home among us. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness. Most of your translations will say grace and truth. We're going to talk about that today. And we've seen His glory. The glory of the Father's one and only Son. John testified about him when he shouted to the crowds, this is the one I was talking about when I said someone is coming after me who is far greater than I am for he existed before me. From his abundance we have all received one gracious blessing after another. For the law was given through Moses but God's unfailing love and faithfulness, again grace and truth, unfailing love and faithfulness, came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, but the Unique One, speaking of Jesus, the Unique One who is Himself God is near to the Father's heart. He has revealed God to us. This is John's way of writing about the reality that of the, the Trinity, right? God, three in one. God the Father, God the Holy Spirit, God the Son. God the Son, Jesus was with the Father when he said, let there be light. So what a unique perspective. So those of us that are older remember a certain TV commercial. When E.F. Hutton speaks, people listen. When Jesus speaks, we listen. We listen. Why? Because it is God speaking to us. It is God physically revealed to us. Mm -hmm. Physically revealed to us. Let's expound on that just a little bit by looking at a couple other paraphrases of these verses that we just looked at. You see on the screen. We have seen He took up residence with us, became human, and lived among us. The Word became flesh and blood and moved into the neighborhood. We saw the glory with our own eyes, the one-of-a-kind glory, like Father, like Son. Grace and truth, unfailing love and faithfulness, generous inside and out, true from the start to the finish. So I want to just kind of unpack a little bit this idea of grace and truth of unfailing love and faithfulness. So most of your translations in this passage, giving us a better description of Jesus and what He was like and what He was, describe it as grace and truth, but the new living gives us this unfailing love and faithfulness. Are you tracking with me? Okay, take a breath. I know, I already talked a lot. and You're already starting to think about Presence. Okay, let's recenter, refocus. I know we're in a new space. I know we can hear the kids. Let's recenter. In this description, in John's description of the baby Jesus, of the initiation point, of literally he's describing not only where Jesus was before Mary's conception by the Holy Spirit, but also who Jesus was through the birth, through his childhood, through his physical life on earth. And in describing that, he uses the words grace and truth multiple times. But those words are a little bit lost today. We don't, if I just say grace and truth, we don't really all, we're not all talking about the same thing. So let's unpack that a little bit, okay? So from a Bible perspective... The word grace, as is most often translated in your English Bible, is to say that good that God gives us that we do not deserve. Tracking? Mercy, on the other hand, is when we do deserve punishment and God does not give it to us. Okay, that's mercy. Mercy is that punishment we do deserve when God does not give it to us. Grace is when God gives us good that we we don't deserve. Are you with me? Okay, so that's grace. Now, the new living, in going back to that original word, grace, felt it needed, in order to communicate what was being communicated, to add to the layer faithfulness and unfailing love. Because combined with truth, and this is really important, those of you that have been serving Jesus for a while, you're a little bit literate to your Bible, i just give you a little bit of, this is one of those iceberg moments where I'm going to give you a little bit of nugget and there's a whole lot more below the surface. (laughs) Jesus often speaks about mercy and truth, spirit and word. He correlates mercy and spirit and he correlates truth and word. This is a contrast to that. John Heard Jesus teaching about mercy and truth, and John is on purpose for those who would have read this that knew the teaching of Jesus. John is contrasting that with this idea of grace and truth. Okay? Grace and truth. So we have, through Jesus, God gives us something good we don't deserve. Access to the Father. Through salvation. Through salvation, we have access to the Father. Why Why did we need a Savior who was fully human and fully God? Well, I don't have time to explain that right now, so I have a whole bunch of purple books that are here. They're right at the back of the room. Y'all are laughing, I know! It's my Christmas present to you. We have a card for you, too. Don't leave leave without it. In the first ten pages of the purple book, which you could... And listen, I'm happy to do a conference call where y'all can call in and in 30 minutes we can go through the first 10 pages of the Purple Book and in 30 minutes you can get a full, deep, meaningful understanding of why we needed a Savior and why Jesus needed to be both fully human and fully divine. Does that sound good? Y'all got 30 minutes. Ten pages in the Purple Book, the first chapter, 30 minutes, okay? You get some significance of that. God, through Jesus, gives us the good that we do not deserve, which is the ability to have our sins, our past, our mistakes. We're all in this boat together. We all need that forgiveness. We all need that cleansing. He gives us an opportunity that through Jesus, who paid the price... Who lived a fully righteous, fully clean, fully pure life, though he was fully human, tempted in every way as we were, because he lived that life and because he was punished, falsely accused, falsely put to death. Right? Because he paid the price, we can be made clean, washed, pure. Not have to stand before God today thinking about our past, but now only thinking about our future and about joy and about the fact that we are destined for heaven. That is that good that we do not deserve. God graces us. But Jesus was not only the good that we don't deserve, he was also true. True, and let me unpack what that means in Bible language. He's talking about integrity. You know, with all the current events, and we talk about scandals and other things, what is integrity? Integrity is when you are true, when you are the same person in private that you put yourself out to be in public. We all like to Facebook and Instagram and this, that, and the other, put out a good face. Y'all, I'm not like posting a selfie. Selfie, bad hair day. (laughs) Right, That joke was so three years ago. I know. I know. I'm sorry. But you get my point, right? We're not broadcasting our worst days, right? It's in human nature we want to look better than we really are. And for the most part, maybe our mothers, as an exception, we believe that we are better than we really are. God is here for all of you. Integrity and truth is when you are the same person in private that you present yourself to be in public. And as this describes the beauty and the gift of Jesus in truth and this description of un failing love, it is to say that Jesus was completely pure, completely holy, completely good in public and in private. And who is writing this? John. His follower, the one who was described to be leaning his head against him, the one that was always closest to him, the one that was a little bit gooey, a little bit emotional, kind of like me, a little nostalgic, a little bit like I can just cry like, oh man, that commercial? That's who's writing this, but it is John who is also... You notice that when the disciples are described, they're described in four groups of three. And if you track it, and if you're paying attention... They're grouped in groups of three by order of priority of function and how much proximity they had to Jesus. And who were the three that were with Him at the transfiguration? Who were the three that were closest to Him in the Garden of Gethsemane? Who were the three that He had to wake up and say, could you not tarry with me one hour? Who was in that three? John. It is John who writes these words to us. It is John who said, Jesus... The physical, living person. Are we firing your imagination yet? It is John who describes that Jesus, the physical, living person, is true. The same that he was in public, that he was in private. Now, this is the time of year for office Christmas parties, which are notorious for a variety of reasons. But you ever have a coworker that's really friendly to you and then come time for the Christmas party when the boss and, and all the other special people come into the room and all of a sudden that person doesn't want to hang around you as much? Anybody know what I'm talking about? As someone who kind of changes based on who else is there. Like another group of people walk in the room and all of a sudden they don't relate the same. Maybe it's because of education or money. Like rich people come in the room and they just start hanging out with the rich people in the room. They don't hang out with the poor people in the room, right? Or let's make it a black and white thing, right? You're their friends. And you're, you're white, they're black, right? Whatever, right? And at the workplace, it's open conversation. It's all love. And then all the other white friends come around. Now the white person doesn't want to hang out with you anymore. Am I talking some truth here this morning, right? Is that Jesus? No. Because how is Jesus described? true, unfailing love, the same person in public that he is in private. See, the truth of the matter is you don't need to tell somebody else that they're wrong. Now, there is such a thing in context in the Bible as admonition. What I'm trying to say is 99% of the time there's no reason to correct somebody else. All you have to do if their behavior is like a crooked stick laying on the ground is lay down a straight stick next to it. Gandhi said, be the change, right? That you want to see. You don't want to see any hypocrites in church? It starts with you. (laughs) Be the change you want to see, right? So in the workplace, this, and what are we modeling? Why are we doing that? Because we're trying to be some new type of Christian? No, because it is what Jesus is like. And it is Jesus that we pattern our lives after. That was good. It is Jesus giving you good that you do not deserve, grace upon grace. He can't help Himself. It's who He is. He can't stop giving us love, an offer of salvation. It's unfailing love that never runs out. You see, what I want to in this series really clearly reinforce is that we believe, we believe that Jesus is alive today. Jesus has thoughts. Jesus has emotions. Jesus wants to interact with you. That he is true. That he is true. And that even the virgin birth itself declares why we should receive him as Lord and release him to be himself in our lives. Not what we have imagined him to be, some stiff, two-dimensional character from a storybook. But release Jesus to fully be himself. I find sometimes when the movies about Jesus come out, people ask, oh, Jesus wasn't like that. Okay, let's open the book. And then sometimes the book is exactly what was in the movie. Oh, I didn't know he was like that. You know what I'm saying? We've got to release Jesus to be who He is in our lives. Jesus is both just like everyone else and something different. Fully God. Fully human. It's time for us to read... About Jesus. To relate to him with a purity. To relate to Jesus not with prejudice. You know, it's so easy to relate to Jesus through religion that is really superstition. It's so easy to, I didn't have a good week. I can't come to Jesus. I'm not living the way I should. I can't come to Jesus. I'm not talking the way I should. I can't come to Jesus. That's the opposite of his desire. Did Jesus come born of a virgin, die on a cross, give all that he could give so we can relate to him through grace or through works? Through grace. It's time that we not relate to Jesus through the prejudice. Of other people's opinions. That was really good. It's so important that we do not relate to Jesus through prejudice... Of other people's opinions, of what you've heard about Jesus, of what you have imagined about Jesus, but instead to inform ourselves of who He really is, to be constantly getting to know Him. And the beauty of it is that you can talk to Him any day, you can listen to Him any day, and you can open your Bible, and you can read the accounts of what He is like any day! Yeah. It's free! You can do it. You can get to know Him for yourself so that you don't prejudice against Him. Hold other people's opinions. Hold misconceived notions against Him. And then, you will become like Him in this respect. People who are far from God will want to be around you. You notice that Religious people wanted to be around Jesus to dissect Him and falsely accuse Him. People that were far from God wanted to be around Jesus because He was just like them and something different. Was Jesus judgmental? No, He is the Prince of Peace and He is the ultimate judge, but He was not judgmental understand the distinction he's alive full of love full of grace if little kids who had never met him before wanted to be around him that tells you something right about his essential nature it's time that we receive him as lord and relinquish the control of our lives It's time for us to release Jesus to be vibrant, alive, active, personal, instead of distant, stiff, indifferent, and impersonal. A close with this. This week I'd like for you to ask yourself these questions that are on the screen. Between you and Jesus, to start to ask Him, to consider these questions for yourself and to ask jesus these questions jesus what do you think about <laughs> some of you looking at me like i'm weird i know this is how you know if you have religion or relationship in your life if it's a personal relationship with jesus these questions shouldn't be difficult jesus what do you think about Jesus, how do you feel? Jesus, how do you see me? Jesus, what would you do if you were me? Jimmy, will you come? Jesus, what are you thinking about? Jesus, how do you feel? You know, Jesus is alive today with thoughts and emotions. He was with God the Father when God the Father designed you to be creative. The most creative being in the world is God the Father. He created you to be creative. He values our art. Yes, even Star Wars. You know, Jesus has an opinion about Star Wars. He created us to be creative. And that doesn't mean only creative within the context of the books of the Bible. Come on, get a sense of humor. Right? Jesus, what do you think about Star Wars? I think there's some lessons there, and I thought it was kind of funny. (laughs) The Holy Spirit's not anything like Yoda. Jesus, what do you think about? Jesus, how do you feel? Jesus, how do you see me? Oh, oh, If most of the people I knew put as much energy into learning about the thoughts of Jesus as they did learning about the thoughts of others, you might have more peace. You might have more joy. You might be more comfortable in your own skin. Jesus, what would you do if you were me? Will you stand with me? Let's close in prayer. If you need contact with God today, just reach your hand out. I'll pray for you. Let's close in prayer. Lord, I thank you so very much that through the birth of Jesus, you revealed yourself to be overflowing with grace, with truth, with unfailing love, with faithfulness. I thank you that through Jesus, even when others have failed us, betrayed us, walked out, abandoned us, mistreated us, you have not that You are faithful, that You are with us. I ask right now by the Holy Spirit You'd pour out Your love in this room. Peace that passes understanding, comfort, and healing where it is needed. Fresh joy and hope that You would draw us closer to You and a personal relationship with Jesus. We thank You for it today. In Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. God bless you. Thank you so much for being here. There is still a little bit to eat and something to drink right here. Plenty of restaurants on this street. Great places to enjoy brunch. If you're going to tell them you're from this church, the tip is a minimum of 20%. If I catch anybody not tipping well, I will find you. Have a great Christmas. God bless.